Whether you're looking for a convenient refresher course, or a way to earn your Pragmatic certification at your own speed, or the chance to take a Pragmatic course from your specific corner of the world, then Foundations On Demand is the solution you need. Get the same great content, tools, and templates our Foundations course is famous for in a flexible and easy-to-use online learning platform. Learn the skills you need to build and market products people want to buy. And earn your Pragmatic Institute certification anywhere, anytime. No more travel worries, no more time zone issues, just truly great training. Experience the new way of training with Foundations On Demand from Pragmatic Institute. Visit pragmaticinstitute.com foundations to learn more. Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds and most fun people in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. And today we are very fortunate to be joined by one of my favorite colleagues, a good friend and a extraordinarily gifted community expert, Georgina Donahue. Welcome, Georgina. Hello. Thank you very much. Happy to chat. All right. So for those who don't know, Georgina uh, led the charge in the creation of the Pragmatic Alumni Community, as well as sort of all of the community events around that, our office hours, our product chats. And she also, it's her team that runs this amazing community. And we are very fortunate to have her here. And what she and I were talking about was, hey, the community is amazing. Let's do a quarterly check-in, just some of sort of the, the biggest trends that she's seeing among our what is it, 23,000 alumni back there? Yes, share those out and kind of give everybody a a taste of what we're seeing back there and some of the great stuff that they would see. Yeah, and it's a really exciting time in the space because the alumni that are hanging out with us and kind of really building a cohesive and collaborative community culture all together, you know, is just growing and maturing. And the kinds of conversations that they're having really provide this wonderful insight into some of the movement that's happening in the product industry as a whole. Um, So we thought it would be a really great time to chat about some of those themes and trends that we're seeing uh, so that everybody can be ahead of the curve uh, and kind of get plugged into the the moving and shaking and the happenings of the space. So right. because this is our first one, Georgina, yes. let's just give everybody like, give everybody the Georgina story and also like the sort of genesis of the community and what you build it, why you built it and how you built it. Absolutely. So when we first started thinking about a community for Pragmatics alumni. We really wanted to create a space that was very hands-on, very tactical, very practical, but was also really rooted in the the best practices and the, you know, the models and the methodology of approaching product through a pragmatic framework and a pragmatic lens. So what we did was we created this space and it started really small. Uh, There were less than 200 people in the community 
when we first started it. And so it's amazing to me now to see that um, we're at about 23,000, almost 25,000 people in there. So we started really small and we started really building it based on a culture of sharing and knowledge exchange and examples. So you have a community that is full of people that are really generous and really committed to sharing, hey, this is how I'm building exceptional products today. This is the method that works for me. This is the template that worked for me. Here's a screenshot of what mine looks like. I hope that this is helpful to someone else. So we have this really beautiful group of people that are sharing all of their best practices, their lessons learned, and just really hands-on information for others to use. So we have those conversations going all of the time. We also have really expanded into lots of continued learning opportunities for alum that are in the community space um, and beyond it. So we have product chats with uh, really amazing industry experts, um, these kind of webinar presentations that you can learn from thought leaders. We have regular weekly office hours where if you have uh, taken a course with Pragmatic and you're like, hey, I really wish I could chat with my instructor again, you can. Uh, we have an instructor available every, uh, every week for office hours to work with alum and students. We also do peer workshops through the community. So, you know, this month we have one coming up where we will uh, have a peer peer-to-peer -peer review and brainstorm and collaborative session about how to advocate for more resources. We noticed that that was a theme and we'll talk about that a little bit later today. Um, so we put together a peer workshop. So we do things like that all of the time and the community's mission really is to make sure that alum have a place to get an answer to their questions, but also a place where they can explore maybe the questions they didn't even know that they had yet um, and look across industries, look across use cases for inspiration and ideas. Well, and I know firsthand it is a great place to be. All right, Georgina. So we've got this great community that we've built up and you guys are having, I mean, there's so many conversations, there's so much sharing, and I know that you're seeing some really common trends. And one of them that we talked briefly about as we were as we were kind of getting ready for this is one that I think we see reflected, you know, in the world overall, right? It's that the great migration, right? The great resignation, that goes by several different names, about people moving jobs with, you know, with COVID and with the changes and the hold. So tell me a little bit about what you're seeing back there. Yeah, we are definitely seeing that reflected in the community. I would say that about 35 to 40% of our active community members in Q1 got a new job. Pulling the data on that was really, really fascinating. So a lot of movement has happened. I think that the tenor and then the, the vibe about that is not necessarily great resignation. It is definitely a movement upwards. Uh, so there's lots and lots of development and professional advancement that's happening. Sometimes I think about it as this really long line of hermit crab shells and everybody is moving up. And so it's really awesome to see so many community members and so many alum moving into director roles, moving into VP roles, moving into head of product marketing roles. Um, really exciting in there. And one of the things that we've seen is that there is a huge preference to have a pragmatic alum for some of these job openings. So there is a job board in the community um, where people can post their job descriptions. Uh, and it's been the most active conversation so far this year in the community. There's over 150 roles that are posted in that space. And we have noticed that there is a big preference for someone that already speaks the same 
same language as the rest of the team. And the other thing that we've seen is because there are so many open roles and, you know, we're all out there, we see LinkedIn, we see all the new jobs that people are moving into. There's a big push to find really good talent. And so one of the things that we've seen is that people are getting really creative with both the recruiting and the interviewing process. So a couple of things that I found particularly interesting that I will share with folks is first, the advent of a hiring video. Um, so putting together a two to four minute video of the hiring manager, sharing what they love about this role, why candidates should be excited about this role, and really putting a face to the leadership of who this role is actually going to report to. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's been really interesting. So we had a, a VP of product who did that and he shared his video with the rest of the community to use as a, as a model and a template for what they're up to. And he reported that it's already been incredibly successful. He's had two really high quality candidates um, that have already moved to the second, third round of interview process. And he had, you know, LinkedIn DMs for days. Um, so he was really excited about that. I know one of the other things that we've talked about is some of the, and I think all of the hiring managers have done this and all of us who have applied for roles have hated it is the, uh, the projects, right? The, yeah. It's one thing to have a great resume that shows your expertise, but we want to know the way you think. Uh, and I think that's the driver for most people. Uh, I know, I know everybody's got a, a horror story from a friend who was used to get free work, but I think the goal there is to, is to see how people think. Um, but it is a big burden also on there. And I, so I know the conversations in there talked about some really interesting options to having sort of that, you know, here, spend two days off of, of your own time creating a project. Yeah, I think that we have seen a lot of conversations on both sides of the coin, right? There are people that responded to conversations about that having been a candidate and they didn't like that. People being a hiring manager and saying, look, I, you know, I had this take home project and it didn't even really give me the results that I wanted. I just want to know, like you said, Rebecca, how people think. And so one of the things that we've seen encouraged is a couple suggested facilitated prompts or interviews or exercises that ask the candidate to walk through a specific scenario while on a live call. And it does require some preparation work ahead of time, right? So, you know, a couple people suggested going through an existing product or application ahead of time, right? Send it to the candidate, let them review an existing product. And then on the actual call, ask them things as the hiring manager, as the interviewer, ask them things like, what's your general impression? If you're thinking about the product, who do you think this was made to serve? What do you think the optimal customer journey is for a product like this? Um, and if, if you were considering making this product, you know, what kind of research would you have to have done? Or, you know, questions like that, really leading them through and considering having a longer workshop style interview, right? So sometimes this interview is an hour and a half, two hours, a little bit longer than your typical, just kind of quick 45 minute check-in chat. And that has reportedly had a lot of really good success because you can see how the person thinks they do have the opportunity to do a little bit of preparation ahead of time, but no one is expected to put together, you know, a <laughs> magnus opus. <laughs> And I think one of the things I really like about the community is what we're talking about, it, the advice, right? 
they, hey, I did a video. It worked really great. Let me share it with you guys so you can do that too. Hey, we've had pushback on the projects. Here's ways we've worked around it. That kind of give and take, I think, is so important and it's so realistic, right? It's one thing for for the experts about hiring on the hills to like deem this is what you should do. And it's another one people are like, look, I'm currently trying to hire the same type of people you are. I have really good insights into what works and what doesn't. Yeah, it's people that are doing it at the same time. And also the thing that strikes me the most is the real commitment to generosity. So even in this conversation, it's more than just saying, oh, I like to give them a product and then I facilitate specific questions about it. These people are giving an outline of the specific questions that they ask, right? There's a list of here are the 15 questions that I specifically ask these people about. So it's a really high commitment to generosity and offering, um, you know, there's no gatekeeping in Mm -hmm. here, I suppose. And and it's really tangible. And same thing with that hiring video, right? Here's my hiring video. Here is the, here is the outline of the script that I went through for this hiring video. Here's what worked. Here's what I'll do differently next time, right? really, really actionable. And then I also, one of the things I think that came up in those discussions was not only the how to hire people in today's world, but onboarding is just really different because so many people are remote. So many teams are split. They've always existed, but I think that's been amplified. And so I know that was also a really great conversation uh, in the community. Yeah, it absolutely was. So, you know, hiring managers are having to create new ways to onboard product folks into fully remote environments. And one of the specific questions that we had was, you know, I'm not even just trying to onboard anybody. I've got this really highly technical role that's coming in and it's going to be very cross-functional and dynamic. And how do I really make that work? And of course, this is also reflected in the industry as a whole of what we're seeing in the space. More and more roles are going to be remote going forward. I would say the best practices that have come up in those conversations focus on a high degree of communication, flexibility, always acting with the benefit of the doubt for people and being really flexible and adaptable and saying, hey, you know, this this didn't really work that well. I assume that you really, you really did try and it just didn't line up. Let's workshop it together, right? Having a really problem-solving oriented attitude and then also culture, thinking a lot about how to keep the cultural dynamic of a workplace of creating colleagues, right? Um, you don't want to just be working in parallel lines with the people that you work with. You want to you want to build relationships with those people, and you want to have a culture that you can plug into, and then all of you know any future hires that you bring on can plug into as well. So people are finding creative ways to spend time as a team, and then also. We have seen a couple examples of people creating maps, um, key contact maps. So if you have a new hire coming on saying, you know, here's here's the map of all the people that you should talk to. Here's the people that you should get really close with. Here's the people that are going to be key stakeholders for you. Here's the people that I just think that you would like a lot that you should probably uh, meet and chat with and things like that. So keeping everyone really plugged in. Great. All right. So one big theme is the the great migration or the great upward migration and how best to find candidates and onboard them. What are other sort of like really common conversations where we're having some good dialogue back there? I'd say the other common 
umbrella topic has been about the maturity of products and also about practices, right? So there's a lot of conversations about how to scale teams, how to improve processes, how to grow products, right? And I think that, you know, based on the, the movement that we're seeing in terms of jobs, people moving into higher skill sets, people moving into more senior roles, it's not a surprise, right? We're seeing this big hiring push and the industry's on the move. People are bringing lots of new things to the market. So one theme that I've seen in that is how to better help teams grow and work together. So product teams are definitely becoming more strategic. They are becoming more integrated with the overall business strategies in the space. And I find that that is reflected in in priorities about cross-functional relationships and creating through lines across different teams. So product teams are thinking a lot about how can I be a really good partner to my design group? How can I understand the priorities of my sales team? How can I put this in a language or a way that will be easily understood by, by engineering or, or data science or finance, right? Um, and so people are really starting to get plugged in in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think those cross-functional relationships are one of our most important things as product people. And it's both to, you know, part of it is just getting people bought into the vision, getting the partners because they're going to have the access you need, as we always talk about. While, you know, a VP or director of product is going to oversee product people, we spend a lot of time trying to manage through influence. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I think it's a place where we all learn in our career. We've all done it wrong sometimes. We've all had a few things that worked really well. And when we can share those, I mean, it's not it's not a competitive threat to, to share managers and how to get through people, right? We're all better when the technology industry rises. And I think it's it's really great to get advice from people who've been there and done that and are have gone through the struggles and had some success to give us a, a sort of a path forward, a map of where we can go. Yeah. And the really interesting thing about product folks is that they often have a circuitous career path. Um, So, you know, there's, I think there are maybe not so many of us who went through, um, you know, college undergraduate degrees saying, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a a product manager one day, right? Tends to be a little bit down the rabbit hole for people. And so one of the most interesting things is there's almost always someone in the community that can say, oh, you're having, you know, you're, you're having a challenge about how to collaborate with your sales team. I used to work in the sales department and now I'm in product. Or someone says, oh, I was a designer previously and now I'm in product marketing. I could talk to you about making that transition or I could talk to you about how to phrase what you're working on with those other teams. So that's a really interesting perspective to have because you have all of these different diverse backgrounds that people can really kind of see both sides of the situations people are asking about. When I think related to that idea of how do we kind of get alignment as we grow and how do we work with other members of the organization is the advocacy, right? Mm -hmm. Again, when I don't necessarily have the biggest budget, I don't necessarily have direct management access to a lot of people. I spend a lot of time advocating for things. And it's one of those soft skills that's unbelievably important right? And be able to do that authentically and in a way that's aligned with the organization. And I know it's another place that you see a lot of peer-to-peer questions and peer-to-peer guidance. Yeah, I do see that a lot. There have been 
a lot of conversations about advocacy in all different areas, right? How do I advocate for more market visits? How do I kind of transform my organization into a market-driven one? How do I advocate for more resources, which of course is a perennial issue for all of us, how do I advocate for new ideas I want to pursue, right? I've, I've got this data or I'm trying to build some, some data support for my innovative idea. And how do I put that forward? How do I advocate for my own success? How do I communicate my own outcomes with executives and with leaders, right? And all of that is kind of connected to one another. And so it's it's been a really interesting time to see such a high degree of camaraderie and cheerleading in the community because everyone is working on you know, leveling something up. They want to grow their team. They want to grow their influence. They want to grow their own skill level. And the support has been really, really interesting. So, you know, particularly about how to advocate for more resources, there's been a wonderful conversation. And someone actually shared a really great template that they used about, you know, when you're looking to senior leadership for additional resources, you need to phrase those requests in terms of ROI, because that is a group that's always being asked for more resources than are available for them to give out. So you need to really offer a business case proposal to that group of folks with a concrete set of returns um, so that, that you can, you know, get a spot in their prioritization. And it was fascinating because someone shared basically a script of how you can actually put that together, right? How you can make that case. And it was almost like a Mad Libs <laughs> type script that you could adapt for your own scenario. So just really hands-on and really, really helpful things that, you know, it's it's not a whole day's process to put together, but just these quick wins um, that can help you kind of pilot a new approach um, and get, get a success under your belt to keep moving forward. Well, I think one of the other ways that that, so that advocacy topic is not only something we see in peer-to-peer support, but it's something that you've developed several programs for, right? So I think both master programs that you've done speak to this. If you want to talk a little bit about the master programs, I think that would be great. Yeah, uh, we have we have a couple programs that have really helped with that. So one we ran at the end of last year, and that was a masterclass about how to tell your own personal success story. So that was a both both of these programs are six week learning opportunities. They are facilitated, highly facilitated, but also asynchronous. So they all take place asynchronously in the community venue online rather than you know on a on a call. And so basically each week there is an exercise, there's a prompt, and there's also a kind of learning directive and objective for that particular week. And so for the personal success stories that we did last fall, you know, we instructed participants in how to tell a little piece of a success story of something that they had built, right? We've all had a really successful program that we've put together and you're like, oh, I should make that a little white paper. I should, this would look really great on my resume. This is something that I want my leadership team to know how much effort went into, how much, you know, success and and high quality outcomes came from it. But then of course the, you know, the the movement of, of life and the movement of work is quick. And sometimes it passes us by and 
we don't put together that output. So this program was designed to really help participants do that. And each week there was a small prompt and the exercise was to complete one slide um, or one page of their document that said, what was the problem you were solving? What, what was your hypothesis that you were working on? What kind of data did you use to prove this? What were the steps you took? What were the outcomes? And just really walked people through week by week so that at the end of that six weeks, they had a really gorgeous deliverable that was all ready to be shared or polished. And of course, along the way, every single week included in not just putting together their own story, but included in the masterclass was peer-to-peer collaboration, right? So every week you'd say, okay, this was the data that I used to prove this particular case. And you'd have a whole list of peers that would say, hey, I really liked how you put it like that. This was a little hard to read, or can you clarify what this means? And so just constantly improving the quality of the output. And then the second masterclass is actually running right now. Uh, It's a Nahido-focused masterclass. Nothing important happens in the office. So it's all focused on market visits and how to really step-by-step implement a market-driven approach in your organization and for your product. So the first is, you know, let's put together an issue tree. What are you actually trying to work on? Let's analyze your your user or your buyer personas. Who exactly are you interviewing? Can you put together an interview guide? How do you conduct your interviews? What questions should you ask these people, right? So it's the same style. It's the same format. So for a six weeks asynchronous, there's a lesson every week. There's an activity every week. There is a tangible output that you are creating. And then there's also just the best part, my favorite part, it warms my heart, is the peer-to-peer feedback and collaboration because when everybody gives a little, everybody's work output becomes so much stronger. And other piece that um, I suppose we don't we don't bill at the top line of these programs, but it's an accountability partner. And, and me and my team are proud to be that accountability partner and help people. You know, we'll send little reminders. Hey, you did really great on weeks one, two, and three. Don't forget week four. We want to see you graduate. We want to see you succeed. We want to see you complete uh, this final this final deliverable and project that you're working on. So those have been really wonderful because people can use those to advocate for what they're trying to do, right? They can advocate, hey, I ran this small, low-budget pilot for market visits, and it's going really well. Here's the quick win data. We should really implement this at an organizational level, right? Or, hey, remember that big project that I was working on for six months last year? Here is the retrospective and the case study and the personal success story of how that went and what I could do differently next time and what was really successful this time. Um, So putting those in the hands of alum and of community members has made a huge impact. And I think one of the ways that I love that it's structured in the alumni community, right? Like there are ways for you to get advice and help on topics that really fit how large the problem is in your life at the moment, how structured you want your, your help to be like, right? I mean, there's the advice that you're going to get that's peer to peer, that it's more organic. There's these programs that really let you help build on it and you can kind of go through both and, and it really helps people in all walks of life and all sort of stages of their career that I, that I think is really pretty fantastic. That's such a great way to put that. And I absolutely agree. 
because we see people take advantage of all of those different levels, all of those different stages. So do you want to do you want to pop into office hours for 10 or 15 minutes, ask an instructor a question and then pop back out? That's available to folks. Do you want to post a question in the community and, you know, see, you know, eight to 12 responses from people in all different areas of the industry? That's available and happens every day. Or you know, if you really want to commit to building something that's larger, and this is a bigger part of your work life right now, you know, you can join a masterclass and be part of this six-week cohort. Um, so I agree. I love all of the different sizes of, of support and ideas that are available. Yes. All right. So we talked about advocacy. We've talked about team growth. We've talked about the, the great migration and new hires. And I think there was one more topic that was the big topic in the last quarter. It's a, it's, it's a very common large topic that I think we would love to touch on, uh, which was launch. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got all of these people that are moving into new roles. They are scaling the maturity of their products. They are advocating for new ideas and new resources. Of course, it makes a lot of sense that you'd also see a lot of launching happening. And that's definitely reflected in the community. The conversations about launch have been really tactical. And I love this because members are providing the most wonderful resources and really hands-on stuff for one another. So there was this really amazing product marketing launch checklist, totally detailed checklist that somebody uploaded that had all of the different assets, all of the different stages of a launch process from a product marketing point of view. Then there was another discussion where a pretty large handful of members all collectively gathered their best sales enablement approaches ahead of a new launch. So, hey, I'm about to launch this product. What should I do for sales enablement? And so that was really beautifully crowdsourced. And then there was also uh, one of my favorite things in, in the community this past quarter was a launch process graphic. So a member shared this really beautiful model of what his launch process looks like internally, what the phases are, who's involved, Involved in the launch, what the OKRs should be at each stage, um, who should guide what, and it, you know, gotta gotta love a graphic, um, gotta love when it is all both show and tell, because there was this really great graphic and model of how that system and flow worked at one organization, and then he also really documented out that process and what happens. So, just such fantastic resources about launch right now that is helping everybody just get more products out into the market that people want to buy. So got to love it. Well, and launch is such a, a key focus. I think often product managers, uh, you know, we're focused on what should we build and getting it right through development. But if you build a great product, it really doesn't sell itself, right? That's, that is a fib. It is a lie. Uh, people need to know about it. The right people need to know about it in the right ways. And we can have such a fast and direct impact on revenue when we focus on launch and getting that right. That I think it's a, it behooves all of us listening to make sure that's a priority. And again, it's a place where there are lots of theories and there's lots of good processes. And we talk a lot about frameworks and, and strategies in our courses. But I think really being able to, again, talk to people in the trenches, doing it live, sharing feedback is, is such a powerful place here. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's interesting that 
that a launch can have, as you say, a really fast and a direct impact on revenue. The folks of our community, they get that and they are mirroring that in their support of others who are launching. So it's fast, it's direct, right? They are posting resources, documents, attachments. They are, they are really uh, getting down to business there uh, and making things just really available. All right. So if someone's listening, Georgina, and they're an alumni and they haven't, like they haven't for whatever reason joined the community yet, what would you tell them? I would tell them that I cannot wait for them to come check it out and join us. They can claim their account. If you're an alum, you most likely have an account. Um, and if you don't, we'll take care of you. Uh, you can go to pack.pragmaticinstitute.com to claim that account. And I cannot wait uh, to see the questions that you ask and to see the kinds of things that you're working on in that space. Yes. And as we always say, it's okay. People come in and they just want to be lurkers for a little bit. That's all right. You can come check out the resources. Uh, and I yep. think people will be surprised at how easy it is to get drawn into a conversation. But uh, so we do, we welcome everyone to do it. I think it's great too. There's so many great conversations and tools that have arisen in the community that we're also bringing sort of out in front of the wall as we talk about it too, because we think of not only the community as in that group, but I know you're really focused on making sure that we're thinking about community wide, the product community. How do we help the overall product community? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And this conversation has been about the discussions that we've seen in the community the last, the last couple of months or so, but we haven't even touched on the resources available, as you say. So, you know, all of the recordings of the product chats that we do, you know, if you want to come to a webinar live, we'll be delighted to see you there. All of the resources that are being shared, I mentioned a number of documents and examples and graphics that have been uploaded by peers, those are all curated and organized and available. For our folks, as you say, who might want to just lurk around, you can still access all of that peer knowledge, um, even if you're feeling in a quiet mood. Uh, so absolutely encourage everybody to come hang out with us. Awesome. All right, Georgina, thank you for spending some time with me. Always a pleasure talking with you. Always love talking about the community and being in it. And I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, happy to talk about it too. You know me, I can really get going on this for a long time if you let me. So really enjoyed chatting about it. And I cannot wait to see some new faces in the community who may be listening. Awesome. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. That does it for today's episode. Don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. <laughs>